find our text this evening in the book of Genesis in chapter number 49. Um, I spent some time in this chapter. Um, I spent a lot of time in this chapter. Over the last two days, I've spent about 12 hours in this chapter. And uh, I'm, I only made it to about verse number 12. And so, I don't know... And I prayed really hard as I was studying this message. I really prayed and questioned if we should even go through um, all of this because the series is essentially titled, you know, um, The Life of Joseph. And, um, well, this message ain't going to have nothing to do with Joseph. And uh, I wanted it to have something to do with Joseph, but taking it text by text and verse by verse, it just couldn't. And not in one verse, not in one chapter, I mean not in one um, sermon at least. And so there's no possible way I could preach this whole chapter in one. And I don't even know if I can preach it in two, but I'm going to try to. And so uh, we'll ask the Lord to help us tonight. And um, I don't really believe that it would um, do this series that we have preached any justice if we didn't go through this chapter. Uh, I could go down to verse 22 and preach through verse 26 and be done with it. Uh, and that's where it speaks of Joseph. But um, we've, we've, we've hit on highlights of everybody. We've hit highlights of Judah and we've hit highlights of, of uh, Jacob throughout the whole thing. And so I would rather just preach this. And uh, I mean, we could, re- we could retitle the, the series on, online and title it The Life of Joseph, Judah, and Jacob if you want to alliterate that thing. And, but I think we'll just stick with the life of Joseph, and um, we'll go from there. Um, so the time has come that Jacob must die. Jacob's going to die. And, uh, and so let's just read verse 1 and verse number 2, and then I'll preach. The Bible says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel your father. Lord, we pray you'd bless. We pray you'd help. We pray, God, that you'd get all the glory tonight. Lord, help me. I'm nervous to be able to preach tonight. I pray, God, that you'd help me to preach. I cannot do it without you. I love you. I preach you. I thank you. Lord, help me to break it down. In Jesus' name, amen. Jacob is about to die and he's 147 years has been a long life. It's been a long, it's been an eventful life. And um, it's been a difficult life. Yet, yet they have, his life has been a blessed life as well. And before he leaves this world, he gathers up his sons at his bedside, I believe. And he gathers them up at his bedside to speak to them one last time. Um concerning things that are going to come. And in these verses, that's what he's speaking of. The scripture says in verse, uh, let me see, in verse number 1, the Bible says that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. That which shall befall you in the last days. Now what is he talking about in the last days there? Well, we in our day would look at it and say that he's talking about the last days, the return of Christ. But I don't. that's not all he's talking about here. He's talking about the kingdom age. He is talking about the kingdom age, but he's talking about the kingdom of Israel as well. 
And so in the kingdom of Israel, there, is going to be a com- there was a coming kingdom of Israel and it, ra- it raised up and it was rampant throughout and it ran throughout all the Old, New- Old Testament uh, into the time that Christ came. And so the, the, the Israel, the life of Israel, the, the span of Israel, the, the, the family of Israel went through all the Old, New- Old Testament down into the days of Christ. Uh, and so also we can look in the Millennium Kingdom uh, and see that there is going to be a time of a thousand years. Uh, excuse me, let's back. Yeah, a time of a thousand years. Well, there'll be uh, um, the time of, of tribulation of seven years, rather, where that time is focused a lot on the Israelites as well. Not fully on the Israelites, but it is focused on the Israelites. Uh, and so we look at this, and the details of what is said here is amazingly accurate to... Uh, if you do your study on these um, these blessings that he gives his twelve children, and so, uh, but don't worry, you don't have to do that study. I did that study, and so I'm here to help you tonight. Uh, and this proves, though, the inspiration of the Holy Ghost through the Word of God. Uh, it proves that it is. True, amen. It proves that the inspiration of the Holy Ghost is fully true uh, because this stuff had not come to pass. These are the things that which shall befall you. These are the things that which are ahead. Uh, and this proves that to be true. But really, we do not have the time to preach through these verses uh, uh, deeply in any, any way fashion. I could preach verse by verse probably uh, and have a sermon out of each verse. Just looking over their lives, uh, but we're gonna. Tr- I tried to um, decrease that just a little bit, and I'm gonna preach four points. But I'm not only gonna preach two of them tonight, uh, and I'm not even gonna preach full of two of them. I'm gonna preach one full, and I'm gonna preach uh, just a little bit of uh, just one sub point to the second point. Uh, and but but as you'll notice, I believe these sons were broken up into a few different categories, and I believe that's how I'm gonna preach it tonight in those categories. And with that in mind. With the help of the Lord, I'm gonna preach this thought tonight. I'm gonna preach on. I'm gonna preach disqualified, distinguished, different, and dead. Disqualified, distinguished, different, and dead. That's gonna be my title, and it's gonna be a two-part at least. So when we put it on, it's gonna be part one. And so disqualified, distinguished, different, and dead. I may or not may not even get done with what I got tonight. Well, I want you to notice, number one, there were some disqualified. And so some of the sons of Jacob here, because of their sin, were disqualified from gaining a blessing from the Father. Okay? They were disqualified from gaining a blessing from the Father. There is four of them that were disqualified. And four of them were disqualified because of their sin is why they were disqualified. Now understand this. They were not disqualified in the kingdom age. They were disqualified from a blessing of the Father. They could not get what the Father had first intended them. We can look at that in our life too. Uh, But I want you to notice number one, the disqualification of Reuben. Verse number three, the Bible says, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might and and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest it, Thou all, defilest thou it, he went up to my couch. Now I want to just hit a thought just real quick that come to my mind. Who do you think he's talking to at the last of verse number 4? He's not talking to Reuben. 
He's talking to everybody else that's around. He just told everybody else, he defileth my bed. He went up to my couch. This joker went up to my couch. Can you believe that he went up to my couch? Now I want to think of it also, there's a judgment day coming. And everything at that judgment seat will be made manifest. And I believe that's what takes place here. Because 40 years ago, there was a sin that took place. And I want to look at a few things here tonight. I want you to notice with me Reuben's family setting. Verse number 3, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, is what he tells us. Jacob deals first with his eldest son, Reuben. And I would suspect that Reuben expected to hear words of blessing from his dying father, I believe that he expected them to. Uh, uh, he expected to hear some kind of blessing because the father said, uh, "Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall." In the, Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, hearken to Israel, your father. He is gathering together them at the last time uh, and the last time that they're able to be together, and they're being gathered together for a reason. Uh, and he tells him he's gathering him up, and I'm thinking through Reuben's mind uh, that Reuben's probably thinking, "Well, he's about." to bless me. I am the firstborn matter of fact. I'm the firstborn of the father and so here he is. He's expected to receive his birthright and he expected to be recognized by Jacob as the head honcho of the family. But no, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. When Jacob begins to speak to, to Reuben here, uh, he, uh, he does acknowledge the place of Reuben's birth. Uh, he does. But he also referenced the potential that Reuben had within the family. Uh, but he was the firstborn and great things were expected of Reuben. He was the firstborn. Reuben's family setting. I want you to notice secondly Reuben's fatal sin. The Bible says, Unable as unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, thou defilest it, thou it, he went up to my couch. So I bet Reuben wasn't expecting uh, the next words out of his father's mouth after he said he went up to my couch. I mean, after he said, uh, hey, uh, he's excellent, excellency of dignity, uh, the excellency of power. Uh, and then he changes his whole thing and he says, unstable is water. I bet you his whole mindset changed and his stomach dropped uh, to his toes and he thought, my goodness, what in the world? Uh, now if you look up water and you look up the meaning of that, now water always comes to the lowest leveling point. Uh, if you pour water in something, uh, it's always going to come to the lowest leveling point that there is. Uh, that's where water is and that's where he was. Uh, in his life, he always sought for the lowest things, uh, the lowest esteem. He was the highest. He was the first in the family. Uh, if water gets cold, it freezes. Uh, if water gets hot, it boils. Uh, it'll never stay the same anywhere. Uh, it does not matter. It is unstable. And then words get even more harsh at that point of time uh, and they, he brought up a sin that was 30 plus years old uh, he, he brought this sin up and maybe he thought uh, hey this sin was for, forgotten uh, this sin was behind us uh, but no friend it reminded him that what he had done uh, by going up to his father's room uh, and defiling his father's bed with Billah his wife uh, his, uh, his mother's handmaid uh, and he went up there and he defiled uh, his bed with Billah and now it's made manifest for all to hear and that's a reminder to us there is a judgment day coming 
It's made manifest. He said, uh, he, said uh, he, he goes through this and he said, Because thou uh, wentest to thy father's bed, uh, then didst thou uh, it defilest thou it. You did it. Uh, he's talking to Reuben. And then he looks around the room uh, and he looks at Judah and he looks at Joseph and he looks at uh, all of these kids and he said, uh, He went up to my bed, my couch. He went up to my couch. Can you believe that he did that? Reuben's fatal sin. Thirdly, I want you to notice Reuben's final sentence. He said, Unstable water, because thou wentest up to thy bed in the foul state, he went up to my couch. Jacob told Israel, I mean, excuse me, Jacob told Reuben in verse number four, unable as, Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Jacob told Reuben that he would never excel. You're never going to excel, Reuben. You're never going to excel. And that is uh, that his descendants would never rise to prominence uh, in the future kingdom. His descendants would never rise to prominence. You say, preacher, how in the world do you study 12 hours on these two little points? I'm going to tell you why. There's a lot of study in Scripture over these people. But guess what? They didn't. They didn't excel in the kingdom. They didn't excel. A quick look at Israel's history uh, demonstrates that very clearly. You know, if you look up the map and you look at the map, you'll find that there is no Reuben on there. There's a Judah. There's a Ashkar. There's a Zebulun. There's all of those places. There is no Reuben. There's no Joseph either. But I'm just making a point there that there is none of those things. Uh, And you can read through, there's a Levi. There's all of these things in there. But I tell you is that there's not. There's not a Reuben. But you know, even if you study Reuben in history, even Reuben was sometimes even on the wrong side of the tracks. He wasn't just in there lazy, but no, he was on the wrong side of the tracks. That means he was fighting against Israel. A short, a short look will explain. Now, now if you look back and you find uh, the tribe of Reuben receives very little mention in the nation's history, first of all. It receives very little mention in uh, the nation's history. And then, think about this, not a single judge, uh, not a single prophet, uh, not a single ruler, not a single military leader, or not a single notable person came from the tribe of Reuben. Not one single notable person came from the tribe of Reuben. Now you realize that all 39 books of the Old Testament are speaking of the children of Israel, right? All 39 of them are speaking of the children of Israel. You know not one notable person came from Reuben? Not one. And in, in, in Reuben, in Judges chapter 5 and verse 15 and 16, you can write these verses down, I'm not going to read them all, but in Judges chapter number 5, verse 15 and 16, uh, Reuben was on the wrong side of the battle. He was fighting against his own folk. That's something else. In Numbers chapter number 16, you'll then find uh, that the sons of Korah 
who stood against the man of God and were swallowed up by the earth were from the tribe of Reuben. Went up against the man of God, Moses. The tribe of Reuben also chose to settle outside of the promised land. They chose that they did not want the promise that God had for them. They chose to settle outside the premises. Instead of standing and sitting in the promises and living in the promises, they chose to live outside of the premises. That's no good, friend. That's no good. But why did this happen to Reuben? Why? According to verse number 4, all because he wentest up to thy father's bed. It happened because of a sexual immorality, uh, because of sin. Uh, and that's why this happened. And you can find uh, in Genesis chapter 35 verse 22 where he did that with Billah. And you can find all of that. But this verse tells us uh, in, 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 Israel, I mean, in Genesis chapter 35 and verse 22, uh, the Bible says that Israel heard it. Israel heard it. It means Israel knew. Forty years ago, Israel knew. You'll not find, I've read it over and over again, from chapter 35 to chapter 50, you'll not find one time where Israel brought it up to, 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 to Reuben. Not one time. Israel never brought it up to him. You're talking about grace, friend. He's talking about grace. He never brought it up to him. Now, now he, he knew what his boy had done, but there was no mention as well in that. He never brought it up to him. But there was no mention as well of confession and there was no mention of repentance. He never said, I repent for what I did. Imagine maybe 40 years the father wanted his boy to confess, but it never happened. And friend, it cost him his birthright. It cost him his descendants. He could have had a lot of good people come through him. It costs so much from generation to generation. One sin cost him all of those things. Now, friend, let me tell you something that I noticed about this. You know one thing Israel, Reuben never lost? He never lost his position. He was still the firstborn. But he did lose his prize. He never lost his position, but he did lose his prize. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm telling you something, friend. You'll never lose your position in the family of God. If you're born again, you'll never lose that position, but you will lose some prizes at the judgment seat of Christ. If you're not careful, your sin will find you out. My sin will find me out. And we must be careful of how we deal with our sins. Because it could damage generation to generation to generation. It could do it. I'm telling you, the disqualification of Reuben. Secondly, I want you to notice the disqualification of Simeon. Now verse number 5 and verse number 7, through verse number 7, it does speak of Simeon and Levi, so I'll put them together, but I'll separate them. The Bible says, Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly mine honor. Be not thou united, for in 
that for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall, cursed by their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. I will divide them in Jacob. Uh, Somebody help her please. Uh, And scatter them in Israel is what he says. And I want you to know something tonight. There's the disqualification of Simeon and Levi. Simeon. Told you I was going to separate them. There's Simeon here. Simeon. And as we see Simeon and Levi did work together. They were brethren. They worked together. These men work together and seemingly their sin was an anger problem. Everybody listening to me? Their sin was an anger problem. That's not only their sin. They killed some men. But they had an anger problem. He addressed it two times. For in their anger they slew a man. You telling me in their anger they slew a man? You telling me if they wouldn't have been angry, they might not have slew a man? Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce. And their wrath, is that not even a, a more progressive form of anger? For it was cruel. So these men, they worked together and they seemingly had an anger problem and these, they used their swords of defense to destroy their swords of defense to destroy the Shechemites. They destroyed the Shechemites. And it brought reproach to the whole family. Genesis chapter 34, verse 24 through 30. It brought reproach to the whole family. It did not just harm Simeon and Levi. It harmed Simeon, Levi, Judah, Joseph, Benjamin and all the rest of them. They were divided as verse number 7 tells us. Now if you study over the life of Simeon and Levi, you'll find that Simeon and Levi were divided amongst their brethren. They were some in Manasseh. They were, that wasn't a brother, but that was more rather their nephew, but he was in the blessing. Manasseh, there were some in Zebulun, there were some here, there were some there. They were a divided nation. They were a divided nation. And so, so, so Simeon, if you study Simeon, Simeon was the smallest and weakest tribes of them all, tribe of them all. Numbers chapter number 26 and verse 14 tells us that he was the weakest tribe of them all. And the tribe of Simeon specifically was omitted from the blessing of Moses. They were taken out of the blessing. And, but they were not cut off from it completely. But it, they were scattered throughout it all. That I tell you, looking at the life of Simeon, we can see that anger is a great cause and a great problem of sin. It's a bad sin, amen? It's a bad sin. And when, it, when it's allowed to boil over, the Bible tells us to be angry and sin not. Say, so how can I be angry and sin not? Be angry at what God gets angry about and you won't sin. Sin, be angry and sin not. But sin, anger, anger is a great deal of sin when it's allowed to be boil over. And when anger is a trait in one's life, uh, we must be cautious with it. 
Then we see Levi. Levi was disqualified. But hang tight. Many notable people came from the tribe of Levi, by the way. And if you study it, you know, you know, that, you know them as Levites. You know them as the Levites. We've all heard them as the Levites. Uh, in Numbers chapter 18, uh, verse number 19, uh, and verse number 20, uh, it tells us that the only inheritance received uh, by this tribe was not the inheritance of their father, but the inheritance of the Lord. They had the Lord regardless of everything else. They had the Lord. I, I want to turn over there and read that just quickly. Numbers in chapter number um, 18. Numbers in chapter number 18 and verse number 19 and verse number 20. The Bible says, And all the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer unto the Lord have I given thee. Thy sons, thee, he's talking to them. Thy sons and thy daughters with thee be a statute forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord unto thee and to thy seed with thee. And the Lord spake unto Aaron... Aaron is a Levite. Thou shalt have no inheritance in their land, neither shalt thou have any part among them. I am thy part and thy inheritance among the children of Israel. You say, thank God they have the Lord. And that's true, but they still were not blessed by the Father. They still were not blessed by their Father. It tells us all of that. and They were, they were given no territory. Levi had no territory. But they were disqualified from the blessings of their father. Now some notable people that came from the tribe of Levi is some people like Moses, Aaron, Miriam, Samuel, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Ezra, Malachi, John the Baptist, Barnabas. You can look at all those. They all come from the, from the tribe of Levi. They were still blessed. They were still blessed, but disqualified from being blessed from the Father. And so you've got to understand as you study this, that because of the sins of these men, their families had to deal with the consequences. Because of their sins, their families had to deal with the consequences of them. However, you might be confused saying, how are they blessed and how are they disqualified at the same time? Well... Let the word of God answer that. There was a measure of repentance from the tribe of Levi. There was a measure of repentance from the tribe of Levi at a place called Baal Peor. A place called Baal Peor. Moses faced a rebellion among the people of Israel. And when that rebellion took place, Moses asked this question. He said, who is on the Lord's side? The only ones that stepped up was Levi. The tribe of Levi. And in that, the people of Levi were a reward. And their reward was that through their tribe, they were the priestly tribe. That's why Aaron was the priest. That's why Moses was the leader. 
That's why Samuel was a great king. That's I mean, you can look at all of these things. That's why Jeremiah was a major prophet, uh, and Ezekiel was a major prophet, and Ezra was a minor prophet, and Malachi was a minor prophet, and John the Baptist was a follower-up of Jesus Christ, uh, and Bar- Barnabas was a disciple of Jesus Christ that followed uh, along after Paul, and all of them throughout those days, uh, they were blessed, but they were not blessed by the Father. Mm, something else they were consecrated servants of the Lord and that's grace at its best wouldn't you say amen so there was the disqualification of Reuben, Simeon and Levi and then thirdly I want you to notice the disqualification of Dan Dan verse 16 and verse number 17 the Bible says Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder. Now, I want you to notice the words, okay? I'm a small words preacher. Y'all know that. Notice the phrase here. Dan shall judge your people, his people, as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels, so that his rider shall fall back. And so uh, if you, you, will, you will not read much about Dan in the Bible. You don't read a whole lot about him, but the tribe is really up to no good in the book of Judges. Let me just say that. Uh, the name Dan uh, literally means a judge. That's literally the, what the name Dan means. Uh, and if you study them out some, you'll find uh, that what was originally intended for them, they did not gain. They did not get what was originally intended for for them. Dan did have a place. He did have a place. You can find Dan on the map. But I tell you, Dan did not get what they were originally intended for. You can read that in Judges chapter 18 and verse number 1. They were not. They were not. And and in that process of finding what they wanted, uh, they took up some gods. Judges chapter number 18, verse number 14 through 17, you'll find they took up their own gods. They took up their own gods. They wanted, to do it, they wanted to do it their own way. They wanted to do it their way and not God's way, not their father's way, not any of that. They wanted to do it their own way, and they were the first tribe to fall into idolatry. The first tribe. They were the first tribe to fall into idolatry. And this tribe, the tribe of Dan, is omitted in Revelation chapter number 7. When the 144,000, you know the witnesses that's going to come back and they're going to witness to the rest of the world that's here after the church is gone. Uh, the 144,000 witnesses, there's 12,000 from each tribe of Israel and Dan is not there. Why? Because of wickedness. They chose to serve their own gods rather than the God of this world rather than the God of this earth, rather than the God of heaven, Jehovah God. They chose to serve their own gods, and therefore they were omitted. Because why? They didn't have enough preachers. They wouldn't have had enough preachers to come back and preach. I'm telling you, if you study, you'll find that the tribe of Dan was the tribe of Dan's problem. That's what I wrote. The tribe of Dan is the tribe of Dan's problem. Now, I told you to check out those two words. Dan shall judge his people. So that his rider 
shall fall backward. Not forward, not sideways, but backwards. That means they might take five steps forward, but he's his own snake. And he's going to bite his own horses and send his own riders backwards. I'm telling you, friend. However, there was one notable person that came from this tribe who also had a lot of his own problems. Anybody know who that is? Throw it out. Samson. Samson came from the tribe of Dan. And Samson came from this tribe, and he destroyed the Philistines, and he did all that kind of stuff, but he still fell in to sin. In turn, going backwards. Going backwards, the power of God might have come back into the life of Dan, but not even one man could stand up for that. I tell you, God help us not to let sin take the blessings away and disqualifying us from being blessed by the Father. Blessed by the Lord. Uh, thank God for the good blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm thankful for that. So we say there were some disqualified. So Reuben was disqualified. Dan was disqualified. Simeon and Levi were disqualified. Secondly, I want you to notice, I'm preaching my title here. Secondly, I want you to notice there were some distinguished. There were some distinguished. I'm going to go ahead and give you my outline just to think about it. Why? why I mean, we're, we're a week away from this. But there were some distinguished. Judah was distinguished. That's what we're going to preach on here in just a minute. You can go on a little farther and find Zebulun was distinguished. Ishakar was distinguished. Gad was distinguished. Asher was distinguished. Naphtali was distinguished. And then one was different. Excuse me. Benjamin was distinguished. Then one was different. Joseph was different. Then one was dead. Jacob was dead. That's how we're going to preach this that's how we're going to preach this chapter out. I don't know how long it would take us to do it. That's how we're going to preach it out. But the only one I'm going to get to tonight is Judah. Because there's so much in Judah. And so there were some distinguished. Some of the sons of Jacob were headed for blessings down the road. They might not have gotten all the blessings now, but the blessings were, going on, were on their way. So God took some men who were mostly insignificant in the family. Some men like Judah and Zebulun and people like Naphtali and people like Gad and Asher. And by the way, I'll jump ahead. Only Asher only had one person that come from his tribe that was any good. And her name was Anna. And she stayed in the church all the time. She's a praying woman. And I tell you is that there's so many different people, but, but, but some of these people were elevated men. Uh, and God elevated them to places of prominence in the future. When Israel would become a kingdom, they would be in prominence. They would be in prominence when he become a kingdom. And I want you to know a few things as we think about this here tonight. I want you to notice uh, the distinguishing of Judah. Everybody with me tonight? I know there's a lot going on. The distinguishing of Judah. Now the next, this next brother in line was Judah. We've went through all of them up to Judah. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah. 
And if I had been Judah, and we were standing here, and I would have heard what he had said to them other brothers before him, I'd been shaking in my sandals, praise the Lord. I tell you, I'd have been ready. I'd been shaking because I know who he was. I know who Judah was. Because Judah was worse than, than them all. Really. Judah was worse than them all. Recording in Scripture, Judah was worse than them all. And so, I want you to notice a few things. I want you to notice Judah and his crimes. So, let's remember back just for a minute, okay? Can we do that? Let's remember back just for a minute. In Genesis chapter number 37 and verse number 26, uh, you'll find that Judah is the one who talked his brothers uh, out of killing Joseph and selling him into slavery. That's a crime. He ought not done that. That was his brother. If he loved him enough, he'd have kept him back. And then, in Genesis chapter number 37, verse 31 through verse 35, Judah was a part of the lie that broke his father's heart. Judah was the spokesman for them that broke the father's heart here. Uh, and they told him uh, that Joseph was dead and that Jacob... Uh, and then Jacob entered into extended time of mourning. We know that. And then... Genesis chapter 38 and verse number 1, Judah sought a wife. And Judah married an unbeliever. He married an unbeliever here. And then uh, Genesis chapter 38, verse 7 through verse number 10, uh, he raised two sons by the name of Ur and by the name of Onan. Uh, and God killed both of them because they were so evil. He raised them. Genesis chapter 38, verse number 12 and verse number 16. Uh, Judah was a man controlled by his fleshly lust. Uh, he was controlled so much that when his wife died that he sought female companionship uh, and he went, to a, he went to and laid down in a bed with a woman who he thought was a harlot but turned out to be his daughter-in-law. Judah was a wicked man. On a little farther you'll find that Judah was guilty of committing incest with his daughter-in-law. He was guilty of committing incest and impregnating his own daughter-in-law. She tricked him, but he was responsible for his deeds. For what he did, he was responsible for. Then Genesis chapter 38, verse 24 through verse 30, Judah was judgmental, and Tamar, his daughter-in-law, become pregnant through their incestuous relationship. And Judah ordered her to be burned for her ways. And as it turned out, she exposed him as the hypocrite that he was. He accepted it, and their relationship produced twin boys. By the name of Phares and Zerah. Phares and Zerah. And I could imagine as Judah is standing here at the judgment seat of Jacob... And he's standing there and everything's getting ready to take place. Uh, and he's hearing everything that the father, said, father had said to the first three boys. Uh, he heard what he said to Reuben. He heard what he said to Levi. He heard what he said to Simeon. Uh, and here I bet you Jacob is, I mean, I bet you Judah is standing here and he thinks, my, my, this is going to be awful. But when Jacob speaks to Judah, there's not a single word of judgment. Let's read it. Verse number 9. Verse number 8, Judah, thou art he who praised the, whom thy brethren shall praise. 
Thy hands shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Uh, Judah is a lion's whelp. Uh, from the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion. Uh, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? Who shall rouse up the Lion of Judah? Who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and until him shall and to him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal under the vine, and his ashes colt into the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk there is no mention of the sin of Judah there is no word about his failures there's no word about his mistakes Uh, and so we see not only Judah and his crimes but I want you to notice Jacob and his covenants Jacob's speaking here is that right Jacob's speaking here And so Jacob gives Judah some promises of things that will come uh, in these verses. And I want to look at a few of these things that were promised to him. Uh, I'll try to break it down for you. I need you to follow on. You don't have to look, but I just need you to listen. And so here we are in verse number 8 and verse at the beginning. uh, It says, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Now, he was the object of praise amongst his brethren. That's not how it used to be. In fact, though, in fact, Judah led the nation of Israel as they marched through the wilderness. Numbers chapter number 10, verse 10 through 14. Judah led the children of Israel as they marched through the wilderness. Now, this is a man who who committed a, a terrible crime. Now, the second part, it says, Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Now, I'm breaking these down. I'm trying to... And so he was a conqueror. He was he was strong. He was a courageous uh, man. He was courageous like a lion is what Judah was. Uh, and Judah eventually became the largest of all the tribes of Israel. Numbers chapter number 1 verse 26. I tell you that's what it went. Didn't go on. It says thou art gone. Excuse me. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. You say, well, what is that talking about? Well, let me tell you what that's talking about. Kings come from this family. Kings are coming from this family. They were to bow down to the line of Judah. They were to bow down to the tribe of Judah. What kings came from here? Well, David came from here. Well, Solomon came from here. Uh, Who else? There's another king that came from here. Uh, And then it goes on and said in verse number 10, uh, it said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, uh, until Shiloh come. Uh, Shiloh's not a place, friend. Uh, Shiloh's a man, he's a person, and his name's Jesus. And Shiloh is coming from this place, and Shiloh is going to come down. And Shiloh literally means, it means an epita, it means an epita of the Messiah. It means it's a word, it's a phrase concerning the Messiah. Not only did David, and not only did Solomon come from this tribe, but the greatest king of them all would one day come from this tribe, from the Judah's 
lineage uh, and his name would be Jesus uh, and he would be called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He would be coming. He would not be coming as a leek and a lo- meek and a lowly lamb uh, but he would be coming as a lion. Uh, he would be coming as a lion that's strong uh, and courageous uh, and this word lion uh, in Revelation chapter number 5 verse 5 uh, it calls Jesus the Lion of the tribe of Judah and this man by the name of this lion here uh, it means the hero uh, of the tribe. It means the leader of the tribe. And he was the hero of this tribe. He was the hero of this tribe until Shiloh come. Amen. I like that phrase. Verse number 11. I know we skipped verse number 9. We'll try to go back. Binding his foal to the vine and his ashes colt into the choice vine I'm going to stop there. I believe there's a twofold response to this, okay? We're going to see a twofold in here in just a minute. I spent like four hours on this thought just right here because there's so much in here, it's not even funny. You might not have noticed it, but I'm going to show you something in a minute. Here's one way to look at it Judah would be so prosperous in his tribe. That he would be able to tie his donkeys, his, his ashes, as the Bible uses it, tie them up to the grapevines, and they would uh, allow them to eat grapes instead of uh, instead of grass, and they were uh, allowed to do that because he would have so much to spare and all of those things. And it's amazing that this man was rewarded to this extent. But why is Judah blessed after all the evil that Judah did? Well, let me tell you why. Here's why I'm gonna tell you why. Not only do we see his, uh, Jacob and his covenants, Judah and his crimes, we see thirdly, we see Judah and his confession. Judah and his confession. Uh, and so I studied and studied over this, uh, and I have come to the conclusion that I believe that these verses have a twofold meaning. The verses I'm just, I'm just referring to, all uh, from 8 to 12. They all have a twofold meaning. And, and I believe that. And here's the first. In, in verse number 11, it says, Binding his, uh, his, his foal into the vine and his ashes uh, colt into the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine uh, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Uh, he washed his... I, I, believe, uh, I believe that when it says he in verse number 11, it could mean Judah. It could mean Judah. Now, 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 now. You said it, it prob- I thought it meant Judah the whole time. Just hang tight, just a minute. I'll show you why. The and this is what stumped me earlier. And I had to call. I had to get help. And so the answer uh, to why he was still blessed uh, is right here in verse number eleven. This is one fold, okay, of the twofold. He says he washed his garments in wine, and his clothes in the blood of grapes. Now all of that represents the blood of Jesus. We understand that. We understand that all of it couldn't. We're we're told that he did that. And this could be a reference to what Judah did in Genesis chapter 44, verse 18 through 34. He confessed it all. He stood up in front of Joseph and he confessed every single thing that he did to Joseph. And he brought his sins out in confession and they are not mentioned against him again after that point. They're not. And that's how it works for us, friend. That's how it works for me, and that's how it works for you. Uh, What sins are you talking about? I don't remember them anymore. Uh, We must confess them to the Lord, though. If you're living a sinful life, 
and you're not living your life confessing to the Lord, then you're living a wrong life and you're out of the will of God. Amen. You better learn to confess. Judah and his confession. Lastly tonight, I want you to notice Judah and Christ. Now, I wrote this down in my Bible concerning these verses. I put Jesus or Judah. I might preach that one day. Jesus or Judah. Now, verse number 10. Okay? Notice the shift in the verse, okay? I want everybody to notice this. This is why reading your Bible slow matters, okay? I would have never caught this if I weren't reading my Bible slow. Said the scepter shall not depart from Judah, speaking of Judah. Is that correct? Jacob speaking to Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet, Judah, until Shiloh come. Watch the shift. And unto him, not Judah anymore, shall the gathering of the people be. You got to read your Bible slow. You got to read the Bible slow or I'd have missed that. So I want you to notice Judah and Christ. This is the twofold part. This is the second. It could also be talking about Jesus. It speaks here the word scepter. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Hang tight. The scepter. Now the scepter, I can't even pronounce the word, but that word means ruler's staff. It means ruler's staff. It speaks of sovereignty. It speaks of leadership. It speaks of a rule. And somebody on that. So in a basic sense, the rule will not leave from Judah until Shiloh come. The rule will not leave from Judah until Shiloh come. So if you do your study, you'll find it did not depart from Judah until Shiloh came. I, I almost wrote it down. I studied it. I looked it out to make sure. You can look at Matthew chapter number 1 and you can read it down and find all those kings in there like Josiah and find all those kings like David and Solomon and Jehoshaphat and all of those kings down through there. And from Judah, from Judah on, you'll find that it surely enough went straight from him and it went to a king and a king and a king and a king and a king on down the road it went to a king and it did not depart from Judah until Shiloh came and so here's the thing friend after God rejected Saul over there in 1 Samuel God rejected Saul everybody remember that with me real quick God rejected Saul now who was Saul from well Saul was from the tribe of Benjamin and he rejected Saul and put David in his place. And David was the king of Judah. He was the first one to come about that. He was in Judah's lineage. And there he went. And the throne of Israel belonged then to Judah until Jesus came. What happened after Jesus came? Well, this is what the Bible tells us what happened after Jesus came. It says, Until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Remember, they didn't recognize Jesus as Christ. They recognized Jesus as a good king. Somebody that could rule. And remember, Israel, Matthew, it's the gospel of the king is what it is. That's what Matthew is. It's the gospel of the king. It's speaking to Israel and Israel alone. And here they are. Thank God for word of God. Amen. Thank God for the rightly dividing the word of truth. It's the 
gospel of the king and it's speaking to the Israelites and they did not believe him. You can look at Matthew chapter number 11 where the Bible says that if Tyre and Sidon would have believed, they would have repented and sat close and at the ashes. If, if, if Sodom and Gomorrah, if Sodom would have gotten the gospel like you've gotten the gospel, they would have repented and sat close and ashes. If they would have done it, but Israel would not repent. John chapter number 1 said they did not recognize him as the Christ. They did not care about him. They did not care about him. All they wanted was a king. Somebody that could rule and somebody that could reign. But friend, I want to tell you something. In the book of Luke, in chapter number 1, I'm almost done. Chapter number 1 and verse number 32 The Bible says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Most High and the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Jesus they're talking about there. They shall give him. So my question to you is, guess who's going to be the next one sitting on the throne of David? Uh, It isn't going to be uh, Barack Obama. It is not going to be Joe Biden. Uh, It is not even going to be Donald Trump. Uh, But it's going to be Jesus Christ himself. Uh, He's going to rule and reign forever and ever and ever for a thousand years upon this earth. Uh, On the throne of David, he'll be the next one that's sitting there. Uh, And guess who the last one was? Uh, well I ain't going to tell you that but I'll tell you this uh, it's him and he's going to be sitting there one day verse number 10 we read that verse number 11 and verse number 12 I told you Judah and Christ verse number 11 and verse number 12 as I spoke above this could speak of the prosperity of Judah and the prosperity and the peace of Jesus as well but it could also speak for the judgment of Jesus In the kingdom ages. Turn with me, please. Isaiah chapter number 63. Just a moment. Isaiah in chapter number 63. Verse number 1. The Bible says, Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel traveling in the greatness of his strength, I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel and thy garments like him that treadeth in the wine fat? I have trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me, for I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. How about that? How about that? Now, who is it? It's the line of the tribe of Judah, friend. Uh, it is Jesus Christ Himself, uh, and He's trud- treading the winepress alone. Uh, and we look back in Genesis chapter number 49, and we read where it says, Binding His foal upon the vine, uh, and His ashes cold into the choice vine. Uh, he washed His garments in wine, and His clothes in the blood of grapes. Uh, his eyes uh, shall be red with wine. Uh, if you talk about red eyes, if you think about red eyes, there's somebody who's mad around the 
the place. Wouldn't you think so? Uh, it talks about the red eyes and his, uh, his, his teeth white with milk. Uh, and so we look at this. Uh, we say, that don't make no sense, preacher. Well, Jesus, one day, friend, uh, one day uh, Jesus is going to come back uh, and he's going to come down uh, and, and we're going to be with him, thank God. Uh, and we're going to come down. He's going to be going through the valley of Megiddo uh, and he's going to stomp uh, and he's going to pry and he's going to plow down through the people who have not uh, rejected him as Jesus, uh, who have reject not rejected him as Savior. There'll be some from every tribe uh, in that place. Uh, and in that day, uh, there will be blood uh, up to the horse's bridles, as the Bible says in Revelation uh, chapter number 14 and verse 19 and 20. Uh, the Bible says there'll be blood up to the horse's bridles. Uh, there'll be blood. It will be a nasty mess. Uh, I ain't going to try to make it any better for you because I ain't going to lie to you. Amen. Uh, I tell you, it'll be nasty and it'll be a day uh, that you better not be here for. Uh, friend, I tell you, you better not be here for that day because uh, there'll be a God in heaven uh, who'll be coming down on a white horse uh, and it'll be saddled and it'll be ready for battle, friend. Uh, and on that day, he'll travel through the valley of Megiddo uh, and it will be full for four, uh, let's see, 144 or something, 100 and something thousand uh, fur- furlongs. Uh, it'll be big and it'll be deep. Uh, it'll be as tall as the horse's bridles is high and that will be blood and he'll destroy the enemies that he had. Every one of them. Say, man, I wish I went to another church right now. You're preaching too hard. You're going to wish one day that you heard this preaching. Amen, friend. Because I'm telling you the truth. His eyes are red in wrath. He's coming back. He's not coming back happy. He's coming back. He's going to be mad. And he's going to come back in fierce. And The Bible calls it. It says, let me turn there just quickly. Revelation in chapter number 14. The Bi- let me tell you just what the Bible says real quick. Could I do that? Sure. Revelation chapter 14, verse number 19. The Bible says, And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horses' bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Don't know how much it is, but it's a lot. It is a lot. And friend, he's coming back. And he's going to be red in wrath. And his teeth will be... Is white like milk, and that's what it's talking about. It's talking about his strength, by the way. It's talking about his strength. But nonetheless, friend, I tell you, he's coming. He's not coming as a lamb, not, and he's not even coming just as any lion. But he's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And I believe this is all we will be able to get done this evening. But can I remind you, one day we will see Him. Amen. And in all of His glory we'll get to see Him. And next time, Lord willing, we'll jump right back into this study. And I hope uh, and start on the next one who was distinguished, Zebulun. But here's a lesson we can take from this thus far. You see where sin will take you? Excuse me. You see where unrepented sin will take you? As the old writer said, I don't know who it is, but it'll take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you want to stay. 
And you'll pay. You'll pay a whole lot more than you want to pay, friend. And so I tell you, I pray that you, you, you do see where repentance will take you to. You got Levi, you got Simeon, you got Reuben, neither one, none, none of the three of those, and you got Dan. None of the four of those repented, according to Scripture. But the one that did is distinguished, and he's going to have something to do in the seven-year tribulation. About that. There'll be 12,000 out of the tribe of Judah that's going to come and they're going to preach the glorious gospel. It's not a different gospel. It's going to be the same gospel that you heard. And it's going to be the same gospel where they'll preach it and they're going to preach it strong. They're going to preach it loud. They're going to preach it long, friend. And they're going to preach it and people are going to get born again because of it. And I think I'd keep my life as clean as I possibly could for His glory and your good. So we preached on tonight. Distinguished, disqualified, distinguished, different, and dead. Part one. You stand to your feet tonight. Dear Lord, we love you. Thank you, God, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your love. We ask you, God, to help us along the way. Pray, God, that you would just help us, Lord, to keep our sin repented, Lord. Lord, your word tells us that we'll confess our sins. You're faithful and just. Forgive us from our sin. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, I pray we'd do that for sure. Help us, Lord, to live holy lives. Lord, sinless, separated, Lord, unto you. The best we can. Lord, with your help, we cannot do it without you, Lord. It's by your spirit, not by my might or anything else, Lord. We pray, God, that you'd help us to repent of our sins and keep them close to to the forefront. We love you and we praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.